Yeah, yeah. your mic's yeah. fucked. It's clearly fucked. You're fucked. You're fucked. Welcome to Game of Nodes, a weekly podcast from independent validator teams. Welcome to Game of Nodes, the most rapidly demonetized podcast on YouTube. Um, and uh, yeah, we're like independent validators or whatever. Usurper does the editing. For, <laughs> Usurper validate. does the editing for the uh, for the podcast version. So I know that this bit sounds much slicker on the playback than I ever do it live. You know, I take can, I take out play, all. Yeah, I take out with all of. Uh, yeah, oh, you, the, you play the recording and then you just drop us right in at uh, when something actually starts getting said. Yeah, I, I, I take all your rambling, bambling, and I just kind of cut all that out. So usually, yeah, you like we talk, to it. the the playback <laughs> it's like twenty two minutes long. It's really <laughs> it's, um, only, it's only twenty four minutes. <laughs> it's like a it's like a, it's like one piece of toast or maybe two pieces of toast <laughs> with exactly the right amount of butter and marmite on them. I could I could tell that you're googling for the web page where it exists to look at the times right now. I can see it <laughs> in your eyes. Is he right? Did I, did I get caught? Is he actually? Does he actually delete by amazing up. words? Um, you're so professional. Oh, your mic sounds very, very nice professional now. indeed. So um, we have a bunch. There's a bunch of news this week. There's a bunch of stuff going on. Um, main thing is our sponsorship of NFT Nashville, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this uh, this coming, coming Saturday. Yep, this coming Saturday, uh, the fourth. Uh, go look at it at uh, geez, why you can't give me nftnashville.io. Sorry, uh, it's coming this fourth. It's uh, yeah, we are a sponsor, even though our logo is not correct. Still, even though I brought it up like four times, that's okay. Doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, it's out there. So yeah, so we're we're talking about. I what, I really wasn't planning. I'm the closest to this, um, and I wasn't planning on going by but, quite a long way. By quite a long way. Um, quite a yeah, long way. by 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 a long way. So. Um, and there's not really great directs for us there, but I was looking around. I might, I might try to make a, I might try to get down there. Um, so there's both Shane and Jorge are coming up, which is pretty exciting. I haven't seen those guys in a couple of years. And so that would be nice to see everybody else at NFT Nashville. So a lot of show plates, a really good event and good sponsors. Great town. It's only a day. I'm going to try to see if I can do it. Do you there is a, to Nashville? one great sponsor. One super great that sponsor. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. Agreed. I assume you're talking about um, gelato. Yeah, jalopy. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see what happens. Real, real S tier, S tier sponsor that that we're competing with. <laughs> so the uh, the fray has brought back his uh, mariner jumper for another go. Still cold there, bud. This is now. This is what I wear from like because October of the academia, because March. of future Doctor Frey. I mean. Okay, the the great thing about the, about this very not landing joke you're making is that you can go back <laughs> 52 episodes um, to like this time last year or something, and you'll you'll see this jumper come out on the podcast, which happens every week what Wednesday at 2100 UTC. Game of Nodes. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Um, we have a corpus, a body of work at this point, Null. Yeah, uh, but you are always going to be the future Dr. Frey. No one's no one's convinced that you weren't ever going to do a doctorate. Uh, me? Maybe? I mean look, okay. I think the I think Usurper's tagline of drink every time you hear PhD, I think that we need to actually <laughs> we need to institute that one because this is going to be a very long five years. Uh, it's already going to be a long five years because five years is a 
you know, a long, long, a long time. I hate to tell you. Uh, to be so, honest, saying the future Dr. Frey is a lot less abusive to me than saying the Frey all the time. It well, did just saying the Frey is like the artist the formerly known as Prince. Yeah, sure. Just kind of like, or well, it'll be the artist <laughs> in future known as Prince. I don't even know what's going on here. It's all getting a bit Futurama. <laughs> so um, big week of yorping for everybody. We're, uh, big week of yorping. Big week of yorping. The, the, the launches are... The launches, man. We got the DYDX and the Celestia and probably some other stuff that no one cares about. But uh, yeah, the the big ones everyone's been waiting for. Staking is going great. Um, the uh, people still have not realized to not just click the first thing in the list. So I'm not sure how the Celestia one went because we're not validating there. But uh, I can tell you in the in the DYDX launch, uh, victory goes to those with platforms and easy one clicks with uh, their thing at the top. So, I mean, yeah, and Minsky well, makes that worse as well. Yeah, I was going to say, remember the staking UIs uh, like Jams Alex's one um, during App Chain Winter, where just everybody just went, oh, that's an alternate staking UI, boom, 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 and stake to their, uh, their infra. Well, there's also the utmost one where uh, What's-His-Face got basically all the delegations because he's the only one who had the active staking interface. Well, he, he had, he, had uh, he actually had the ledger working on his. That was, uh, was that Imperator? No, uh, that was. I, I thought uh, Imperator had like, had like the, the actual only working interface between Cosmos and ETH. Nope, hold on, I'm pulling it up. No, no, this, I know exactly what you mean. It still exists, Disperse right? It's network. still out there. Admos. Disperse network, yeah. Yeah, it just all yeah, Jans Alex. Right. So same, yeah, yeah. same dude. Same dude. Oh, uh, okay. You're saying Simmons. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I want to say his name is Giancarlo something um, from his GitHub, um, but Jans Alex was his handle. So, uh, can we take a moment just to talk about this uh, this chorus one bridge interface? Yeah. Please. So they. I guess. <laughs> yeah. So. For, um, so one of the first bridges to go up before any of the official bridge. So the you have to understand that, that, okay, to the listeners, you know, we're talking about stuff that we know about. So just a little bit of background. Um, there is a bridge that's required to get your DYDX from the Ethereum chain to the new DYDX chain. DYDX is in their initial phase, their alpha phase, which is the staking phase. So basically they're trying to get people to bring across their DYDX onto DYDX chain so that they can, you know, get get the staking um, happening on the chain and increase the security before they decide to um, put up the proposal to bring across and make live the trading platform, which is going to run concurrently with V4. Uh, sorry, v- so V4 and V3 are going to run concurrently. They'll have both trading platforms going until there's a clear winner and then they'll hopefully switch over to DYDX chain in the future when everyone realizes that it's the best. Now, they are, um, in the meantime, uh, there was the launch phase, which was basically when a few validators bought up the chain and then the other validators had an opportunity to join the chain um, and then the staking phase. So during the, the point between where... Um, the chain launched, and when there were official bridge interface launched, uh, a couple of um, validators uh, had a bridging interface. 
So the bridging contracts are created by the DYDX DAO um, yes. or their you know sub DAOs, mm-hmm. uh, and those contracts are um, vetted. They're, they've been through the security rigmarole, but they're also open source. And they are free for anybody to create a user interface for. So a couple of savvy uh, validators um, created some bridging interfaces uh, ready to go for launch, um, the ones with validators and money to spend on stuff like that. So what one of the validators did was create a bridging interface that to complete the bridge, you had to do a stake at the end. And basically, they were the only validator that you could stake to for the bridge. So being one of two staking interfaces that were available, uh, if anyone used that interface, then they were going to end up staked to that validator. And I don't know that it was highly used, um, but certainly used by some people and potentially some bigger wallets, which ended up with at one point, you know, that validator um, being at the top of the the list with basically like a good chunk of the stake. Um, I, I, but that's just also, a- been, so Mary, so their argument was that, well, you can just um, delegate one token to us and then you can like delegate to other people with the rest of the bridged uh, stuff. But, you know, it was obvious that. Well, but also like get the, the delegation stake to them. But now yeah, there's competition. Um, they thought of the thing. They did the thing. They made the money. I mean, no, it's yeah, it, it's fucking underhanded though. Like, call it what it is. Like that that interface does not state that until the third step. Like, I I didn't go through it. I didn't finish the, the transaction. I didn't see if it was actually two transactions either. So I I didn't go through the whole thing. But when you actually go through that, it does state that it's a bridge. It does state that it that it's easy. Yada yada. Blah blah blah. And the third thing it says now after you do these two things, I think one was like enter the address maybe or you connect both wallets i think is what you do right uh, i don't remember or if you just enter the the deal or if you enter the deal i forget exactly how it works but then the third step basically it says hey we're going to bridge it we're going to validate we're going to bridge it and we're going to stake it now whether that's one transaction or multiple i don't know or if and maybe we should i could i could run it if we want to run it um but i mean there there's a i mean mint scan is a little bit screwed right now um but there is a significant number of small value DYDX transactions stake to that validator. So the question is, do, did they understand that? Number two, the unbounding period is 30 days, which is a little bit different uh, than in other chains where, where I'm not sure if people coming across like recognize that and I understood what that means and all that kind of stuff. Um, and is there any other utility in DYDX other than staking? Like why would you there, hold that? To that, that be my question. At the moment, it's a staking phase. So the only thing you can do is is stake what, to what else would you do with it nothing it's they're, they're encouraging people to bring across their dydx to secure the network I get and it. then they're going to launch their services yeah and then in, so, in the future in the future what would you do with it so dydx is a staking coin basically it's a governance coin you, you stake yeah. it to yeah. get the the fees from trading so yeah. you don't do anything yeah. with it you stake you just, it you stake it right <laughs> so it's, yeah. for, it's, it's for passive income it's like some passive income like qg yeah, it's an investment, I suppose, in the yeah. in the chain. Whoa, investment! Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> not, not financial advice. <laughs> Wait, don't regulate. Don't regulate people. Something, something, something. It's not an investment. When we say investment, we meant highly volatile so, shitcoin. So at the moment, um, 
So at the moment, Cosmo Station is the number one validator, and I suspect that that's because they're a more highly used platform. They've launched their uh, their bridge, and they have their validator um, at the top. So and wait, the- who is the validator that front run the front run the interface then? Chorus, Chorus One, one Chorus and one. Maria. Maria had a uh, more equitable uh, interface. I, I don't believe you had to stake with their validator to be able to bridge it. Um, so Chorus well, One and Cosmo Station are at the top. Uh, there's between the top three validators. There is <laughs> like what's that? 30, 40, about fifty percent of the stake in the top three. I mean, the numbers are very low so far. The the amount of staked token is basically nothing. Um, and other than the top few validators that appear to have delegations outside of the um, from from you know users, uh, the rest of the set I'm pretty sure is all self stake by validators just desperately trying to stay in the active set. So we oh, have self staked. Yeah. yeah, we've self staked about five grand. And steadily going down the uh, the list, we're five grand. You know, DYDX ago, we Twenty now we're about four. Hey, is that five k DYDX tokens or Kangabucks or USD? No, no, it's five thousand USD, probably more than that. About twenty three hundred DYDX. I mean, I didn't want to, but it looks like we're going to have to invest more in DYDX just to stay in this competitive list. So. You know, if any of you all are whales, come and drop what's some the number. What's the number of validators in that set? There's sixty <laughs> vals. There's sixty validators in the set, and there is another thirty-seven in the end inactive. So the floor yeah, is the floor is, is the floor is fucking lava right here. There's sixty in the set. There's hmm. sixty in the set. The floor right now is uh, basically a thousand and fifty tokens, which is basically I think what you guys launched at Genesis, right? About a thousand thousand dollars. Something like that. Uh, I think it's about two dollars and forty cents, something like that. So it's two thousand four hundred dollars. Yeah, it's something like that. So yeah, so we did the same. Like we ten thousand dollar investment buy-in to secure your spot, and that's that. What happens um, if DYDX decide that the chain is not valuable and they sunset in a year? I dare say that there would be some sort of snapshot, and then a bridge back into. There'd be a bridge back. Some, yeah, some fashion. Yeah, because yeah, because it's kind of interesting. For like, from just from a, um, I guess from an incentive perspective, like whether or not people are incentivized to move their tokens out of Ethereum into to do. So there, there is actually they just they just probably call it an L two, right? They probably they they probably are just marketing it as that so that normal users don't give a shit. No, they're, they're, they're shit. definitely calling it DYDX chain, and they mm-hmm. do have it seems some sort of staking incentive. Um, there, there is. It's not a inflation, but there is an emission of some kind because there is rewards accumulating. Um, so, staking yeah. rewards or just some kind of passive accumulation of something? No, no, no. It's it's a it's a it's too big to be um, gas. So I do believe that they passed a vote at some point to have an incentive program during this staking phase which is actually coming out of a um you know treasury of some kind from somewhere uh Uh, this is a little bit like mars mars did a similar thing didn't it like the first 
short period there was like an accelerated there was like a um a run-in of staking and then some kind of change i can't well, maybe maybe i remember that wrong so the the draw card for dydx is the is the trading fees that's that's where the draw card is for the token in dydx chain and in the meantime there is nothing so i guess that this was a way of incentive people to use some of the treasury as um, staking rewards in the meantime to reward the people who were early adopters to bring across their stake. I think they're yeah. having, you know, I, I don't think they're having a good reach to the DYDX token holders just yet getting them to bring across their tokens. So, well, if you can't um, trade yet, I don't know why they would, right? Well, I mean, <laughs> DYDX token does nothing for trading on Ethereum anyway. Nothing's paired with it, everything's paired with um, like USDC USD or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the DYDX token is basically just a governance token over there, I think. So, but it still has value. So I'm surprised that that is held, you know what I mean? Like if it, if it's not part of a trading structure and there's like, and there's no rewards that are being distributed based off that. And if everybody's, you know, if if those, well, I, I don't know how it works on the, um, Ethereum, but presumably it's a similar situation to, the DYDX chain where there is a distribution to the token holders, I would assume, but I could be wrong. I, I haven't researched it at all. So yeah. 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 It'll be interesting to see how this goes. You're right. I do. I do see a reward there. I see about 1% actually is what I'm seeing both between reward and commission from when we bonded this, uh, I guess Friday or Thursday or something like that. So you're right. There is something showing up there. I don't know where that's coming from. And it, it's, de- it's definitely too much to be a, uh, a, gas thing because there's only very few staking transactions going through yeah, yeah like i mean there's only i mean honestly the number you can look at the number of trans i mean the number of transactions is still quite low right and the number of individual delegators is still extremely low i mean minscan's reporting that cosmos station has seven delegators which i think is that could be i'm not sure because oh, stations balked at the moment there would be yeah. a few hundred delegators i'd say I, I don't um, know. I mean, I do see a lot of transaction hashes and the numbers there obviously don't necessarily line up with the delegators so there's clearly a discrepancy there um, and that might be an index job that's broken because of the fire or whatever the hell it was that happened in the, in the, uh, the power OVH. Issue. Yeah. Yep. Well, no, so it was Cosmo, like, yeah. Cosmo station, I think, yeah, I mean, they've, they've only really had one delegation that's of any significance, which yeah, someone just came and dropped 150 grand on their, well, $300,000 mm-hmm. on their, um, validator. But anyway, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out in the meantime, it looks like we're going to be, putting our treasury into trying to stay in the set, which, you know, that could be, I don't know in token terms whether that's a good investment, but certainly like trying to stay in this set, I think is a good investment for the long run, um, particularly uh-huh. like when when delegations actually start to flow into it. So I also uh, think that you're going to, like right now, I think most of these names here, minus a few are mostly Cosmos names. Once you still get a th- once you get like real large Ethereum validators looking at this and recognizing that, and they have they have the assets that Cosmos validators do not have, I think the set changes dramatically. So we'll see. Of like that's really what happens in those types of situations when you have a large amount of Ethereum users using another chain, like something like this. Like those, you start getting the chain layers. You start getting like you know you start getting the the, the much larger organizations that have um, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 million under management. Um, and then you start seeing some 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 movement in here. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I don't think I don't think the set is going to end up like if you look two years from now, it's not it's not a typical Cosmos validator set. It might look at it from a 
a VP percentage. You might have a still a very broken per VP percentage, which I would expect to have here. Um, but I, I think you'll have some very different names in here too. Yeah, I think I think you're going to be pretty accurate there for the for the midterm, which, and even course one. I would put course one in that in that in that list too, right? They're they're definitely. I, I think they definitely didn't get the traction they were expecting with their um their state. Well, their their uh, bridging interface. Yeah, it's a it's a tall order to ask people to a get something to to get people to use something that's not official, yes. and b. Uh, you know, something very new for the DYDX token holders anyway. So, yeah, um, that'd be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, like you said before, like it's worthwhile probably trying to stay in the set, like which we're trying to do as well. And it's an existing token. It's not like we're throwing money out the window at something that has an extremely uncertain future. Right. So the knowing that there has, there's years here of history in terms of token price helps significantly like you're not just buying like a, something that's just getting minted right so um, so as yeah. as far as the as far as the dydx token is concerned right and to anyone listening this is not financial advice this is just my back of the envelope bullshit that i did to decide whether i wanted to actually invest in the coin and i'm not telling anybody to go and invest in this coin it's just my musings right so i did some back of the envelope shit and assuming that all of the um, token was on DYDX chain and assuming that all of the current uh, trading volume was on DYDX chain, which you would not expect to happen for a good long time because of, you know, people have invested in bots and all that type of shit for V3. So they, there's going to be some time for them to migrate over um, when they're goddamn well, good and ready. But mm-hmm. my back of the envelope fair value was based on those factors was about six bucks a token. And that's in this bare ass market um, with pretty thin trading volume across the whole of crypto. Um, And the way I worked that out was basically taking the expected revenue, which is in a stable coin. So it makes it a lot easier to actually make a calculation on um, and just predicting what the revenue per token would be. And then what you would expect to pay for an asset in the real world, given that kind of return of about 10%. So Typically, you would expect a return in the current market um, in the you know IRL, probably less than that, like somewhere between five and seven would be what an investor would be looking for on their capital at the moment, maybe even up to 10. But because of the risk uh, that you would associate with having it in this ecosystem, I attributed just a little bit more um, risk to that, So, uh, which you expect a higher return, higher risk. So Based on about 10% return, I came up with about six bucks a token. But, um, you know, that's that's in ideal factors with everything operating on DYDX chain, which probably won't happen for a good long time. So, But if you imagine in the future, like once the markets actually pick up and if the DYDX chain gains traction, then there could actually be, um, you know, like an argument for a much higher uh, token price based on an increase in revenue from trading fees. So. I do the same yeah. for Juno. <laughs> do the same for Juno. I want. I want to hear that level of analysis on Juno. What, what's the target price? Because we're up one hundred and seven percent this week. I, I can't 11%. actually. Make, is that you know, is our .com listing? Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, this so is, we'll, we'll get to that. Project. But so, so I'm like, you know, I, I do calculations in for investments in the traditional, um, you know, finance area, like you know, stocks and 
and property and stuff just to see if we want to do any kind of investment in that. And I'll tell you what, man, it is fucking much easier IRL to come up with a capital value of something. And DYDX is literally the only thing that I've been able to apply my um, yeah, a history. You know, IRL knowledge to yeah. actually yeah. come up with something that might represent what the value of that thing might, might be under certain conditions. So it's uh, it's been great. To- but even then, it can still go to zero. I mean, it's like back to the... Of course. It's like anything. And it's fucking crypto. Like, you know, chain could fall apart. Thing could get hacked. There could be no adoption of the chain. You know, it might be really hard to get people to coax people across from that Ethereum ecosystem. So, you know, who knows what's going to happen with DYDX chain? Who knows what's going to happen with DYDX token? But in any case... I done did some calculations and they don't look too <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Do not invest based off those calculations, please. Do not fucking invest based on anything we say. DYOR. Yeah, we do, do not, not provide do any. Not. Do not. We do not provide any financial advice whatsoever. No. This yeah. is the ramblings of mad people. Yeah. So don't take it. from it nothing. <laughs> <laughs> take take nothing from this. Take nothing from this podcast. Uh, it will not benefit you IRL at all. Um. So anyway, in the other launch was Celestia. Now I know nothing of Celestia. Uh, I was looking at the test net at one point and then was distracted by shiny things elsewhere. So um, I don't know. Either of you guys shed some light on what's going on over there, Chelsea. Um, I know it's claim to fame as modularity. So uh, the way it's supposed to work is kind of like a, man, anybody who knows anything is going to hate me for any way to describe this. Think of it like a, like a roll up for its own chain. Um, That's weird. And then it uses like other chains to create that data availability. So, like Kive and Celestia would work hand in hand to create modular chains. That's that's kind of the best I can describe it, and I can't go any deeper than that because I've only read through it like once or twice. I think you're on the wrong mic as well. How yeah, is the launch situation? Let's I, yeah, let's I'm, let's get some info on the launch situation. Like how how did that? Was it smooth? Was there any bullshit? There's always bullshit. Uh, it was actually quite smooth. It launch and things went so, so wait are any of us are any of us validating celestia she'll see it i thought she was here i joined yeah yeah oh there we so go. did you did you join after so she'll see were you involved like prior to mainnet or you just joined after mainnet <sighs> yeah so i was involved prior to mainnet um i missed the call for the latest test net which meant that I missed the gen- ultimately missed the genesis. Um, but whenever I jo- whenever I whenever it dropped, I basically bought into the set and yapped like hell to, <laughs> to get some delegations. That's what we do? Yep. Yelp. That's our game. That's our that's our business model. Was that yelping to the foundation, or was that shilling to the plebs? Um, a little bit of both. A little bit of I yapping mean, and yelping, shilling, but. You can't yop to you can't you shilling really that doesn't really work though does it? Well, I ended up getting a foundation delegation. So yeah, yeah, it was they, a yop. Yeah, the yops work. Mm-hmm. Well, you're probably doing both. It's just that the yop paid off. Yes. Yeah. 
The, yeah. I mean, the shill very rarely pays off. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's paid off kind of a little bit. Um, gotten it helps. It helps fill in the gaps, but the big blocks, the big blocks are foundation or whale or right. Yes. Like it's got. Yes, it's always exactly. It's always that side. So Rama's going to kill me here. The big news of the week is the uh, the Juno temporary reversal. Temporary reversal. Yeah, they're, what because of uh, the crypto.com thing? Well, yeah. Well, I don't know why it is, but they've they've you know that has to be the reason. Tokens tokens up, number go up. Happy oh, days. Yeah. Number minutes. go up by one hundred percent to a very small number. 50 well, cents. actually, no number. So the ATLs around like um, you get out my fucking. My, I, think, uh, I think it's up. I think it's up a hundred. It's over a hundred percent from ATL. No, it's it's up. Well, it was up. It was up at least two hundred percent. It was sixty cents. It was it was down. Well, three hundred percent. It was down to like fourteen cents, right? Up to no. sixty cents. It's I thought, like it, was a, I thought yeah, it was like twenty two. It was down to ten cents. I think at one point it was pretty low. Oh, okay. so it was, it was down to twelve cents. It's right now. It's oh, up three hundred sixteen percent. But yeah, it, I was yeah. say, uh, it had at least doubled like in value, but I hadn't realized it tripled percent. By the way, like, there's so much fucking Twitter talk around everybody talking in percentages. It's such a, percentages are a funny thing. Like they don't really work the way you think they work. <laughs> so just to just to talk only. I mean, in percentages, I know how percentages work. If, but every but it's all everybody just talks in percentages and doesn't talk in actuals. And I think it it's it's such a misleading type of thing when you only yeah talk it would be good to, like it's better to just do multiples, isn't it? You're just like it's two times or three times two, <laughs> a bit, yeah. a bit, yeah. yeah but yeah. but like, there's a very easy numbers to work with yeah it's easy i mean in the last four months it's it's done a 0.05x yeah i mean right right there you go 99 question related question in the (laughs) yeah juno is up about a million percent and is now only 89 percent down says ben davis in the chat (laughs) yeah um and also pointedly asks is how working it seems broken on my laptop (laughs) it is uh it is well it, for some definition of working it is working it's just that the ui is still disabled um because after working out what was going on with the bug that happened when juno block times halved uh we haven't worked out what the best way is to actually um fix that so the working th- with basically you need to you need to change it uh, give people the ability to Oh god, there's two there's two ways of doing it. It's basically a configuration change, rug pulling. It doesn't even rug pull, it just makes um it just orphan stake in a weird way. Um and no funds actually have been touched, like it's it's a blockchain, right? Um but the way you get back into a recoverable state and then ensure that everybody gets their stake back uh you there's a more manual way and there's a less manual way and there's also a little bit of a problem in that the dao itself has been <clears throat> so the dao controls the contracts which are how you change this and fix it and do migrations and stuff like that the other problem is that in order to make the dao core it um some of the founders have to stake uh and we were the ones who had our stake locked when the bug triggered so there's a whole bunch of intersecting annoying things that mean that coordinating getting it back running is actually quite hard um although uh although as weaver uh, actually wrote some code to automate a big portion of that which uh, is on my pile to review 
but uh, at the moment there is an app test preview net going on which is absorbing all of my non-research time so there's a whole bunch of stuff going on would be my tldr and ben davis provides a chat gpt summary of that diatribe with this so no (laughs) (laughs) smart contracts are hard it's not working (laughs) simple no would have been fine (laughs) so um some other fun stuff this week uh robert kelly has uh robert kelly yeah i don't know kelly yeah kelly yeah kelly kelly yeah well i don't know it's kind of fun because he's got yeah at the end of his name anyway thanks thanks for the memes robert has done a uh psychoanalysis of the cosmos ecosystem which is is like which is kind of fun now i'm not the authority on this particular topic i did read through the uh the very lengthy um, synopsis on the um, Cosmos ecosystem about a week ago. Most of it slipped my mind uh, to now, mm-hmm. but basically it just outlines this um, gentleman and, and he is a qualified professional, I believe uh, his observations of the culture and the uh um, what, what would you say? Like it's the culture and like a few of the um, main players, personalities, personalities, yeah, and and how that reflects on um, the cosmos ecosystem as a whole. And it's not a glowing review. Um, he does say at one point, however, that cosmos is not a cult. And you know, the thing that I've <laughs> noticed about things that are definitely not cults is that you have to say they're not a cult unless somebody might get the wrong idea that they are a cult for example i'm a member of a racing bicycle club and we often when we're in the pub we just sort of somebody would there'll just be a lull in the conversation and somebody will be like but this is this is not a cult this is not a cult and everybody just nods laughs and they and they go back to their beer because that's a normal thing to do when you're in a not not a cult is I, to I, I read that as well that was part of his robert's uh initial comment that must have been since that's a weird comment to come with like walking into this and having those conversations which means it must have been repeated to him right like he must have heard that it's a cult multiple times in his conversations for them to him to regurgitate and say it's not a cult. Like that's not usually something you would just start out with, right? Like, like well, why would anybody th- think? In there those are two things, and I don't know which one is funnier. Right? Is that people repeatedly said to him, "This is a cult," <laughs> or people <laughs> right. repeatedly said to him, "This isn't a cult." <laughs> Both of which are very, very normal behavior, as I've established. That it's very those things normal. definitely happen. There's no doubt I, about it. I go into a shared office two days a week and, and, and I sit down at my desk uh, with my coffee that I've got from the coffee shop along the road. And I, I open the paper for you just, 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 just while I'm drinking the coffee for a couple of minutes before I start my, my working day. And one of, one of the, not my coworkers, cause obviously it's a shared working space, but somebody will drift in and yeah, as they pass my desk, they'll say morning, they'll look around, they'll say, it's not a cult. And then they'll go to their desk and start their working day. Like these are very normal social interactions that you just have throughout your working day, throughout your everyday life. You know, I go to drop my baby off at, at like a swimming group and they're just like, all right, come pick him up at three. It's not a cult. And I'm like, I think I originally I take my baby back, please. I originally found this, I think on the day he posted it on the 24th, I got linked to it or something similar to that. And then there was, there was some, you know, Bendy and 
uh, No Man, wherever that is. And like, there's Tricky and even Zachy's in there and things like that. There were some nice, reasonable replies to it and everything else. And then I forgot, like you, like I forgot about it, right? And then it came back to him, like, I should go back and look at that thread. And of course, completely off the fucking rails, right? Like, <laughs> it just, of course, it went the cosmos way, which was just fucking yeah. drunk driving, right? Directly I- into a tree. Have you and seen the the fucking what? There's a link in there. The J one. So the J J made a post on the 28th, and it's fucking huge. Jay's, Jay's <laughs> post is it's so good. It is that good. I struggle to believe that Chris Morris didn't write it. Like it feels, <laughs> it feels like There's the sort of shit here. that you would get in one of those dark early 2000s British comedies, like the one where there's there's like a, a completely deadpan news segment where. A pedophile dresses as a school, bear with me, and a bunch of kids go to school and then they interview like a local authority member and they're like, This is the one thing we didn't want to happen. And you're just like, This is so bizarre and uh, whatever. But the, he has like this whole th- the, the, the post, if you've not seen it, is amazing. It's, it's like it's scripted. He has maybe 300 to 400 words and a whole bunch of bullet points on the history of Cosmos. And we're talking going back to pre Tendermint, right? So like all of the all in bit stuff, Ethan's uh, uh, Bookman's original involvement and how you know he started working on it as part of his thesis to describe it and test it, and uh, when Tendermint came along, that is, and and then after like sort of you know a, a number of bullet points, four hundred words maybe like a, a long piece of the history of the ecosystem. There's <laughs> there's then this paragraph. I've actually got to read it out. It's too. It's too, is it like it, it's definitely not libelous to just read out what somebody's put on the internet publicly is it so um <laughs> there is this paragraph right so before this it's just a technical person describing the formation of an organization and the technical hurdles to o- overcome to get there it is very very normal forum Be- before, you, technical people. before you read the the paragraph describe how far into the fucking post. <laughs> it's a lot of bullet points right and it's There's several of years of history i mean it's going from i think 2012 is when that that description yeah. of history starts and we're yeah. talking we're now at like 2016 2017 maybe 2018 right in the, in the mm-hmm. history of, the, of, of what would become the cosmos when this paragraph appears during this time, I learned that Chris Harbin self-admittedly saved George Soros in Thailand during the IMF incident, that he is ex-MI6, laundered money for Obama using jet fuel. <laughs> I later learned that he is also the lead funder for Brexit. He is also clearly a major funder of Ethereum. He also apparently had a major role in Tether, the project that was founded by the infamous Brock Pierce. I'm not even going to talk about the string of deaths of my friends around that fellow. Now, like the, fir- the first half of it reads like a drill tweet. Like just the I first sentence it reads too, like it reads totally like, reads like a Kojima tweet. plot lines. It's like <laughs> and then it just goes off really even more. Like, and then the Patriots were actually the Shadow Patriots, <laughs> two hundred meters below Hudson Bay, and they were running a Shadow New York. It wasn't the real New York, but it looked a lot like normal New York. But it had robots in it, and you're like, "Whoa, Kojima, calm down, calm down. It's okay to like not fill." the entire game with words you can have some gameplay um but then and then the best thing about this paragraph right that paragraph comes in no judgments anyway um and then he just segues without uh, uh, without missing a beat back into the history of the formation of essentially tendermint foundation icf all that kind of stuff and and it's and you're like did i imagine did i hallucinate that other bit (laughs) 
Uh, and then it's okay because he does several follow-up posts, including just quoting an extensive piece of scripture. So, you yeah. know, it, it, the it's wheels something. come off again after a little while. But just for that one moment, you're like, did I really read that? Yeah. Did I imagine that? It's in there. I also like how later he talks about, he like he has this very small admission of insanity. He goes, after I resigned from AIB by popular demand in Prince, though, nobody sane would have agreed if they were in my shoes. Like... <laughs> <laughs> well <Wait a> <laughs> you said the quiet bit out loud uh, yeah exactly there there is one line in here that just says jesus is king of kings it's, yeah, uh, oh, yeah have you seen his rap there's a three-point wrap-up right yeah, at the bottom yeah. where it says something Message like to those, the church of theseus yeah there's yeah. like a those that walk that, that tolerate evil are evil jesus is the king of kings something 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 and you're like cool and then the best thing is that the post directly after it just just treats it's like several posts in a row right the post directly after that just treat just treats that like it didn't happen and it's just like hmm, some interesting organizational points however i'm going to take your your op to pieces and they just like basically just slate the guy they're like i've crawled through your linkedin and i have some questions about your professional uh like credibility and it's like Wow. Okay, somebody, somebody in crypto is questioning credentials. Let's get the popcorn, lads. Um, it's funny that the well, the the last word in his original post is checkmate. Yeah, I saw, <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. Anyway, this thread. That's t-shirt. And then there's, then there's t-shirt, a conspiracy of theories are like who, who this guy? Not not Jay, but robert like where did he come from and who's paying this and why is this now and and then of course you have like today i saw all the posts around like do you know what the hell you're talking about and like why would i trust you and it seems like your career is kind of a shit show (laughs) like all that kind of thing (laughs) like whether or not those these conclusions are correct or not but and then like to this guy's credit man he when he when he responds to things he he doesn't lose his temper he keeps a pretty even keel on it and He's actually given a lot more personal information than I would in these situations related to background and other types of things that were asked. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, you really uh, shouldn't have. Yeah, like you should read <laughs> read the room, dude. Yeah. You should um, you should take heed from Prop 16 and you know listen to Game of Notes and learn some of the mistakes that were Jacob's made. Jacob's in here now. With reasoning it's, with a mob. Yeah, this is a, this is a hell of a thread. Um. So, like, so, so, take, so take it back to like, yeah, we're, we're doing we're doing the news, right? And we we have opinions on news. What what what's your what's your take on the the op that kicked off that thread? Like, what's your take on that that post? I know we've all read it. Uh, I you know I thought that I mean I don't know how much history this guy has. I mean, he says he doesn't have that much. I mean, some of the things related to pain and trauma in the community, um, the fact that there's a lack of leadership, and there's but there's an incredible amount of hard work going on, like. A huge amount of fatigue with the bear. Like, I think all his points are directly on, right? And I think he makes excellent points through all those. I think, um, I think the idea of, I think the idea of like this leadership needs to come together. I, I mean, I would agree with that, but it just seems like the people in these roles are, are, are not wired for that type of communication. Um, I think their egos are very large, but their skins are very thin. And so it turns into like a, he said, she said, yada, yada, I'm carrying this baggage. And like, and like people who you think are adults in those situations, even in this thread come across as extremely petulant, like just very childish, I think, um, in terms of doing some of these types of things. So uh, is it broken enough where that, like, if this is the, the, the original eight or whatever the fuck it is 
relate to that? Is that going to fix itself? I would probably say no, but, but I don't think the, but on the other hand, I don't think, I don't think necessarily that the cosmos feature has anything to do with this shit show. Like there'll be other ways that this technology continues, whether or not this group figures it out or if they give a shit or if they blow themselves up or whatever else. So, but I thought, I thought his points were, were right on. I think it, from it being from a positive perspective, Hey, this, these are things that had to happen and, you know, we need to like use communication and collaboration and well-being and all this type of stuff I think is probably correct. I don't think this, this group here, like these names that are on this list have any possibility of doing that. Um, and then even when you talk about like trying to pull that together, everybody screams to centralization. And I also don't think that having 10,000 names in that, in that meeting makes sense either. I think that's probably the wrong way. And I don't think it gets solved through governance of like the whole community. I don't think community can figure it out either. So um, yeah, I don't know. I, Curious what you guys think. <laughs> Don't leave me out of a fucking limb here. <laughs> uh, it just would have been a perfect time to hit the fucking rug. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the podcast, folks. And there we go. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I so I, I my take would be like I read that and I thought, yeah, like like Serp did. There were some pretty spot on points. I think that like there have been every single generation of leaders in the cosmos or even just people who work in the cosmos have like a variety of trauma points that are not actually resolved like like as in quit your job trauma points you know there's like you have everybody has at some point like okay most people have maybe maybe not everybody like worked a job where something so bad happened that you were like fuck i need to quit this job i need to literally get any other job than this job and until Mm -hmm. you're out and done and it's in the rear view mirror you're just like and and like that combination of burnout and trauma that he kind of identifies like i think is very common to a number of different people and a number of different oh, teams for, sure. for yeah. a number of different reasons like and you can see it whether it's just you know founders falling out and like bad conflict negotiation uh, conflict resolution or you know like i think there was a lot of trauma in the atom community because of the the 2.0 obviously you know there was all the stuff with prop 16 in juno and a whole bunch of stuff around that and and that's the one that's like very close to to my heart i suppose because you know um yeah speaking frankly i think that what happened like juno is a really good example of something that looks like it looks like a dow and looks like a community but the reality is it was run by a very small group of people of which within that group of people there were even fewer people that were actually doing the majority of the work um but the people who benefited most from let's be real the, the people who benefit most in the cosmos from most of these chains are the founding teams and are specifically the founders right so there's two things here which is like number one do you even think that so he's like like get all the founders together to go to a wellness retreat whatever like i'm very 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 oversimplifying but like the real problem is actually that if you're serious about the cosmos being um, a new type of economic system, right? The problem we have in the UK, right, uh, historically, is that we grandfathered in the land rights of the people that conquered in 1066, right? And the country can't move on. You can't move on when the people that were there right at the very beginning own the whole party, like own a huge portion of the land and by extension own the wealth own the politics, own the national consensus, all that sort of stuff. That is the problem in the cosmos, right? And the fact that this guy can speak to such a small group of people for what is ostensibly a very large ecosystem and say, these people need to sort it out because they're having an outsized impact on the ecosystem is just like saying, 
Rupert Murdoch c- controls too much of the media. It's the same problem in a completely new context, or it's a variation on the same problem. So I think I, I kind of read all of his points and go, oh yeah, but the the remedy is different, right? Which is that you need to get it to the point, like the Chango thing we discussed the other week about Jack, which I thought was actually a less fair takedown, um, is that you need to like get to a, the ecosystem will be healthy when you get to a point that you're not always looking at your shoulder over your shoulder at the small group of original people that were there, unless you can move past that, the whole ecosystem NGMI. And to some extent, the more economic power they have as well, the more the ecosystem is completely, it's just centralization, right? It's, it's just centralization. And the fact that you can even speak to this group of people are having an outsized influence is evidence. It's a bearish indicator of centralization in the ecosystem. And that's the thing I took away from it. Um, Amongst other things, which is that you know, I think also a lot of the stuff with the incentives and the and the who's getting hurt and all that sort of stuff is very, very, very lopsided. Was the other thing I was thinking. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, it 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 said a lot of things that I guess I knew and I've been thinking about. Um, but you know, when somebody just collects a lot of thoughts into one place and you're like, "That's put very well." Yes, <laughs> I agree yeah, with this. I thought it was. Uh, I, and he's pretty positive around how he, he feels. He it very fixed. nicely. He's very positive. He does. He's very positive, I think, throughout that whole thing around and also related to how he thinks it can be fixed. I I, I mean, I don't know these individuals really at all, right? Um, a couple, like, just casually and things like that. But being an outside individual looking at it, I, I, I really struggle with it, with it being fixed. And to your point, like, should it be fixed? Or, I mean, is it important for it to be fixed, right? And is that is that a piece that has to happen for for this to move forward, or is it just better that you know? I, honestly, that some of the bigger chains today, with what we're talking about, the IDX coming in, and I have Celestia, and you know, we're gonna have these other kind of large rollouts coming in. Maybe there's a new guard, you know, um, and the informals will always be there, and there's they're gonna have those spots. And we were joking about that as well in terms of you know, there's gonna be certain names that are always at the dance, and in, in terms of validation, other types of things, but. But maybe they don't. Maybe the the how those groups set direction is not the same team that's setting direction anymore. I certainly have that hope. Like if you look at the Skip team or Kajira, or I guess even DYDX, like those are really strong teams that don't have that baggage that all the Cosmos OGs do. Like Skip, I always love interacting with Skip. Yeah, they're such and- friendly folks. They're mm-hmm. wicked smart. Same goes for like Code Hands, even though he won't join the podcast. Like they're just good folks to work with and there's competition between them. Absolutely. DYDX and Kujira are directly competitors, but there is an enmity, right? It's healthy competition. And there is outright enmity between the Cosmos OGs. Yeah, sure. It was, you do wonder if it's just like one of those things where you have toxicity at the top and it begets toxicity in an organization. And then that, that organization, um, you know, most of the other, the kind of OG orgs and validates and a lot of that stuff was the proliferation of people from that, that environment. Right. And it's that classic thing, right. You know, people always say the bu- people who are bullied become bullies. Right. Um, so. I, I think as like, as the ecosystem, and you know, this is sort of following on from points that you guys have been making, but as the seeker ecosystem matures, I think those crazy voices will get less and less and, Orgs and you know, well organized money will come in, and things will be a lot more sane in like another couple of years. Um, the the whole way that the the ecosystem works is just 
there is a lot of small teams. There's a lot of strong personalities. Um, there's a lot of fucking crazy people. But I think as time goes by, like those voices are going to get diluted by others that people actually want to fucking listen to. I mean, the drama will still be there. There will still be like an outlet for those who like to punish themselves with drama to um to engage with. So yeah. There's also another thing which is just like a personality thing. I think the the ecosystem overwhelmingly has privileged founders or like personalities who are representatives who are essentially the marketer. So there's like a very strong connection between fucking shilling, I suppose. Like and so leadership and shilling and being loud, those three things have all been conflated, right? And the the thing you don't what's striking to me is on very few of the teams do you see servant leaders right which is i know it's a dull fucking corporate meme word meme organizational design word right but you would expect to see that right like i i've I've what is i don't even know that term what is that term I've worked for literal psychopaths who could see that it was in their best interest to to lead in that style um and so adopted it well servant serve leadership is like when you sort of you essentially by example you mean like from you, a dev perspective you, or something you don't you, it, it's like uh like leading from the middle of a group yes by example but not by being like i am the leader we're going to do this no. thing it's like yeah. consensus leadership yeah. yeah and when you look at where there's like a really good like a really good description of the servant leader was like quite often if you go to a team in an engineering org um and this person should, by the way, probably be like the lead engineer or something. But if it's not, then you have a problem with that team. Um, you go to the team and you basically just like watch them working and you see essentially who is the one who's keeping the group dynamics functioning and everybody's sort of knocking along. And there's loads and loads and loads of different like ways that people try and like automate this or put write books about it or whatever 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 but it's just a personality thing like some people are good at it right they're good at motivating people they're good at looking after people they're good at essentially like yeah looking after people around them servant leadership is really kind of in the name right um at least that's how i define it and that's how i've seen it acted out right um but those people are quite often not the ones when people go to that team and they're like who is like the stake the main person to talk to on this team it wouldn't necessarily be that person, even though they are the key person. They are the leader. They are the one that's making the whole party happen. And I think, like, you do, but then I have seen in other places where that person specifically is the CFO or is the COO. Sure. And they, they, and they've, they've made a conscious decision, despite the fact they could be very alpha, they could be whatever, to be like, no, I need to actually, like, kind of, yeah, even if it's just self interestedly, like, nurture this group of mm-hmm. people and make sure that this whole thing is happening rather than just being like, kind of in it for the ego you know like yeah. in it because my balls are big i'm the leader yeah but the interesting the interesting about here is that like I, I would assume i actually feel that that most of the the individuals that are involved in this thing are tried to be that servant leader like they're all i think for the most part i think they're all technically capable they're all either in the engineering side or are leading engineering obviously um it's not so much that, but, and I don't know if they all play that, Hey, I'm in the massive role. I actually don't think that's necessarily the case. Like, I don't think they have that ego where they have to be viewed as being a leader, at least, at least the ones in these names that I've seen in here. 
but the interesting part of that is is it seems like whenever there's a disagreement it constantly goes back to that person is being deceivious or they're, they're either being they're either being um uh they're either being like unfair or they're doing something sneaky or they're they're doing something behind the scenes like it kind of seems like it, it automatically instantly goes to a bad place or they don't feel like they're contributions are noticed or somebody puts their name on something, even though we developed it as a team, like it all becomes that type of thing. And I'm not sure if that is, if that is, if those things are true, number one, or if, if it's more about, they want to, um, that, that somebody wants to be, be, wants to be viewed as an individual versus as part of this group that's creating those types of things. But man, it's, it sure seems like it, it fucking devolves into name calling and bullshit pretty quick, at least, at least in, the conversations that I've seen, like it, it yeah. sure, it sure seems to fall apart fast, right? Like if somebody's name's like not on a GitHub thing, it it's not like, hey, can you add my name because I was involved? It, like it seems like it fucking turns into a, like they're having a parade on the fucking street and like yeah. everybody's burning torches. And I've like, seen right that. Bat, I've right? seen that happen more than once. It just goes absolutely out of control, and you just. Uh... I don't know. A lot of that is, you know, how people talk to each other. I think like it's just kind of, there's probably a better way of putting it, but it's like a lack of respect, you know, like it's people being very online and, yeah. and especially over text as well. The fact that a lot of the communications via text and people don't like take five to, you know, you're like text is really hard to get across nuance and yes. almost nobody's yeah. talking over voice. Um, right. And Although, you know, some when the chips are down, some voice calls do happen. And I can remember some when people were just screaming till the mic distorted down the down the uh, virtual yeah. phone at each other. So, you know, these and, and this is like like I've never seen like the level of bad behavior. But then you just like in any organization I work for. But then, you know, this is a bunch of nerds on the Internet, right? These are all DAOs, whatever. Um, I by the way, I Googled the definition of servant leadership just to check myself. Right. And the one-liner summary is a, a leader who prioritizes achieving concrete objectives as a team rather than accumulating power or organizational power um, or like notoriety, if you like. So it's that thing of like somebody might not even be aware of who they are mm -hmm. as a leader, but they would be able to say, oh, that organization shipped that thing. That's pretty cool. Who's yeah, the CTO? Right. Don't know. Literally yeah. don't know, mate. Like, I think like to Schultz's point, like I would put like skip in that, in that case, skip like that. Yeah. Henry Penumbra stuff, right? like seems like that. Uh, the secret like team kind of seems like that. I don't know that team very well enough, but like, Asaf well, we know and love Asaf basically. Like so. that, like his vibe to me is always like, we're, we're executing this as a team, right? Like it's never about him. Uh, like there's obviously we worked with a lot of teams like that. Right. So. Which is interesting, isn't it? Because as soon as you, like we sort of looked at that post and we we're like, oh yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then as soon as we start to think about it, we actually have thought of a number of teams who maybe don't in, in any way play. And I don't know, yeah. we, we've only listed a few there, but it just it does go to show you, though, in terms of sure mental space, more. how much yeah. of the air in the room is being sucked up by a few people and like the drama. Yeah. And you are like, like this thread is, I mean, honestly, this, I was being nice. This thread is a fucking disaster. Like this is, it's a goddamn embarrassment. It really is. Like, like, gee, like, I thought it was a great read. It, it reminded me of that. Oh, um, yeah. Do, do any of you, I, this is a really niche internet deep cut. I don't even know if this made it out of the UK, but there was a band back in the early 2000s called My Vitriol, right? And they were very one, they were very like flash in the pan. They did one album. It was like 
like quite a big rock album and then disappeared like 10 years later they came back and they were going to crowdfund an album and it was just a shit show and it was a shit show that went on for years they just didn't get it together maybe they used the money for drugs it was all this other stuff and there was this one thread on a music forum called drowned in sound right and it was just somebody originally started it was just like i'm just trying to get a handle on what the fuck has happened here here is my bullet point list of what i think has happened so far and it was like you know this date cd is supposed to ship don't ship blah 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 and then this thread ended up becoming its own like drama magnet. It went on for multiple years. The, the band were ostensibly creating sock puppet accounts to post, and then people were threatened with libel. It's, it was amazing. It was like the most fucked up thread on a forum ever. And it was hilarious, like deeply hilarious. And there were just too many personalities all just talking across each other. It was mad. And it, was, it went on for years. This reminds me of that. Just like it reminds me of opening up that thread after a long time and just being like, huh, wow, they're still doing this, huh? Uh, it, well, it's, it's got a 14 day timeout. I already set a reminder to make sure at 13 days I'm going back in there and make sure if anybody, I'm keeping the sucker alive. This, this thing's not getting archived. We got to go <laughs> stir the pot. <laughs> at, stir at, the pot. Ask, ask some bad question. Yeah. What about this? Well, I mean, that's kind of an interesting part of him posting in the Cosmosphobe forum specifically, right? It feels like if he wasn't expecting a, a bad reaction like that, he would have posted it like, somewhere that wasn't the Cosmos Hub forum. Like that obviously is the best place to put it, um, but it could have been like on Medium or something and posted to Twitter. He got, that, he got, he got good form, feedback though, right? Don't you think? I mean, he, he did, before it went yeah. off the rails, I should say. Yes. Yeah. Before he got off the rails, he had great feedback. Yeah. Um, but posting there means that he, it, it had to go off the rails. There wasn't any other option, right? True. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think- Yeah, it was inevitable. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, Robert, we never met you. If you're looking for follow-on business, dude, I would look elsewhere. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know, I don't know if he, I don't know if this is a really a workshop. Let's go rent a, let's go rent a house somewhere and figure this out. I think I agreed. I, I was a little salty about this topic as well. Even in the show notes, I called it out. But, but like I agree. Like he's he's trying to find if there's if there's business here, which is like who is it, right? Um, but. I mean, geez, could you imagine facilitating this fucking conversation? Good God, what a <laughs> it would be. It'd be, a, it'd be like talk to Phil. It would. It would, it would be worse. It, it would be. It'd be like Jerry Springer. They'd be punching each other. It, it would be. Fires. You'd have to like Jerry, em- Robert. <laughs> Robert. You'd have to like <laughs> you'd have to empty the knives out of the drawers wrong. and everything. Like you'd really have to. Yeah, yeah. it'd be madness. It'd be madness. It'd be I'd like. like- I'd Every like twenty minutes or so, they'd bring out like a midget or a hooker <laughs> or some fucking dev that's like you know a gimp. Uh, oh yeah. my goodness! <laughs> yeah, it 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 yeah it'll. <laughs> I mean, I think there's a lot of things to reflect on, but I guess the conclusion is like at least like, I'm I'm like you know you could give those people all the therapy in the world, and I I would imagine some of them are getting therapy. Um, independently because of the amount of as we mentioned trauma and bullshit that's happened um but it's not like if that helps the ecosystem then that is just a sign that the ecosystem ngmi so you know a, a better solution would be to try and ship some more stuff and and maybe like break the old old guards grip on the eco really that'd be kind of cool rama says he wants to get funded it's very clear well no shit dude like the guys out there to try to solve problems like this. And this is a fucking fucking problem. So yeah, of course. Yeah. He wants to, yeah, no shit. He's not doing it for, yeah, that's a problem. Like that's, he looks for problems like this. You'll be wearing the t-shirt. I'm the Cosmos forum guy and like handing out <laughs> fucking cards. So have any of you seen the Metallica documentary 
uh, some kind of monster. No. Maybe I have. It's a while ago, right? Isn't that old? Okay. So the premise of it is that they're going to make an album um, and then things just fall off the rails. And astonishingly, they already have the documentary makers in, right? And then they have a six-month gap. This happens at like 10 minutes into the film, right? Because Hetfield is just like, no, actually need to go to rehab. Can't do this fucking album. And then they come back in and they have essentially like, he's in rehab. He's like, I can only work four hours a day on the album. Here are my terms. Um, we're going to have to make it work this way. And astonishingly, they, they have this, even film it, they talk to the documentary maker. And the documentary makers are like, dudes, this is fucked up. We we can just fucking ice this. We can come back next album cycle. And they're just like, and Lars Ulrich's like, no, man, no, man, we got to do this. We got to be honest, man. We got to do this. And you're like, this is the dumbest thing you have ever said, Lars, but thank you for allowing this car crash to continue for another fucking <laughs> 60 minutes. Amazing. It is literally like, it is kind of like Spinal Tap, but real. And you can, it, it, it's just a complete shit show. But the best bit of it is that they get a, essentially like an organizational psychologist, right? To come in for the band. And there's a bunch of intensely awkward scenes that happen as a result. Like he tries to get them together with Dave Mustaine, who they fired in the eighties. Right. And, and and there's this scene where Dave Mustaine like is talking, like he's a massively successful artist in his own right. Right. Big Mm -hmm. four of thrash, all this sort of stuff. And it's like these grown men trying to like have a conversation about the way they've hurt each other. And he's just like, yeah, man, I guess I've never really got over it. And this guy, what the this is fucking insanity like it it's the whole thing is total insanity and this guy feels a little bit like that guy phil he's called phil in the in some kind of monster you're just like are you sure are you sure you know what you're getting into when you take this you really want this do you really want i mean the money's good but do you really want this oh uh, by the way if you've not seen some kind of monster hard recommend like just get that on get it on it's madness all right are we done with this stupid thing should we do a no, drill feel- let's do a drill tweet of the week as a palate cleanser all right okay uh, who wants to go uh no he's we've been talking no. over him for an hour you've been talking over oh stop 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 fuck <laughs> man <laughs> you're, in the, you're in the special thanks section stop, stop, now, stop. and my thumb was lying on a twitter user called Cumboy. c-o-m-e right <laughs> yes i wonder if that user still exists okay let's try that again <laughs> Stop. Oh, we're in this section marked racism, left page or right page. Oh, is there any posts by Jake one? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a, there's a very famous one on this page, actually. But um, Pick yeah. that one. Let's do it. Pick that one. Yeah. Well, no, but if you know anything about drill, you already know this tweet. So I want that one. I want that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 it's the it, for those that know it's the dial tweet right if he, if you know drills corpus you'll know the dial tweet the racism dial tweet yeah but none of us know that one yeah just no, no one knows the corpus oh, yeah. stop beating around the bush and this is like you're all right whatever so okay turning a big dial that says racism on it and constantly looking back at the audience for approval like a contestant on the price is right <laughs> that's a good one that that is used a lot on on the internet or was at least i guess in the in the mid 2010s um happy days seems like a lot of the comedy acts these days they're not necessarily just racism but general outrageous things and they're like 
can see they're sort of testing the audience to see how far they can go until they sort of get a little bit of pushback. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. Until people start standing up and walking out. (laughs) I mean, I guess there's been a period of time where, like, I don't know, there's been a bit of a culture war going on for a variety of reasons, I guess. And I think the liberal arts consensus of which comedians kind of broadly fall into has been at least at least my impression of comedy as somebody who goes to a comedy festival every year um the biggest one in the world i think the edinburgh fringe um is that like people have decided to punch up not punch down with the way they talk in their comedy on the whole so it would also make sense that, like, you know, culture is a pendulum, right? It swings one way, it swings the other. It would kind of make sense that maybe the generation below are just like, yeah, fuck disabled people. What? And then they look around and wait to see if anybody leaves the room. And they're like, right. fuck, nailed it. I'm funny. <laughs> not, knowing that, not knowing that that was literally like every joke in the 1970s, right? Right. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> don't know. Um. So yeah, that was drill tweet of the week. Do you want to? Um, that wasn't much of a palate cleanser. I'm still thinking about that stupid thing. Still thinking about that. I I could do another one. <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> that's all right. Nope, you asked. You asked. So here we are. Right. Say <laughs> when. Uh, stop. Oh, we're in the trolls section. Left page or right page? Left. Reader's Which choice. Number? Reader's choice. <laughs> All the trolls talk shit about my profession as an artisanal ass wiper, but when they see my fine selection of towels, they beg for my services. There you go. That's kind of like that Cosmos uh, Cosmos forum post, isn't it? It's a little bit, yeah. This is what I mean. The drill tweets, they're kind of relevant. They're oddly relevant. So, all right, let's, let's move on. Does anyone here know what in the fuck the uh, snowtrace.io is? So. Avalanche Sea Chain Explorer. But, mm-hmm. like, so the news is is that they're shutting down, right? And this is because of licensing fees from Etherscan, of which they do look pretty similar, of, wait for it, $2 million. Is that a year? Do you know? Is that what that is? That, well, that Apparently per year. Things are denominated in per year around here. And this isn't even, how is this even monetized? It's not, right? I don't know, but that's like how it's no trace being monetized. Well, maybe they maybe they would look to get uh, institutions to pay for it. I would assume so, right? It would have to come from Avalanche or something. That's got to be there. That's got to be there. I I just want like. I mean, there's a hundred copies of this. There's same thing for I think Optimism Arbitrum uh, Base uses it. I think I think BNB Chain uses it. Like. There's a million copies of the same structure, right? There, anything that's ERC twenty is like somehow taking that and re- repurposing it for their needs. Who the is selling licensing too. fees of two million dollars? It's, I mean, I, again, like I don't know where. I mean, if they think that there's five million dollars of revenue that they're generating off this, and they want to charge two for the use of it. I can get, I can understand that. I, I just don't see where the hell the revenue side comes in. So where is the like? Welcome you know, what to you- business with usurper. <laughs> What I want to oh, know is like, a weekly podcast on doing elementary maths to reveal that a company is unprofitable yeah. and has no revenue stream. Yeah, well, what the hell? Like, what do they get for their $2 million is what I'm referring to. Like, yeah, okay, they've built the thing, they licensed the code base. Mm-hmm. But, like, in what reality would 
that kind of like licensing fee be required to maintain the software plus profit? Like that is, you know, I feel like that's a markup of about fucking 20x on expenses. I mean, it's huge. I mean, mean, look at enterprise software. I mean, for Jesus Christ, like if you want to get into that situation, like look at SAP revenues or look at those types of things. Like they charge massive numbers for those licenses, but they're not SAP charge astonishing amounts of but, money. But again, like it's the, so hard the to dev costs that it takes so literally small. years of running and organizations literally fail trying to institute it. So, you know, as soon as I mean, we start comparing to, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're questioning each scan, if, if they, if they feel that if, if they think that they can charge that, they can charge whatever the hell they want. Right. Yeah. And if they're the highest, most used tool set, you can say like they're, they're gouging it, but okay, it's there, it's like, there to slow. they really have a grip on that market. It's back to like everything about, well, okay, not everything. A lot of things about ETH are just like mad centralized, right? That's why it's easy to use. That's why it has the user base at the moment. Does, does Mint, what does what Mintscan license for? Do you know? Do they, Mint, do they license that out? APIs, I guess. Similar. No, do they, do they actually license the UI though? Oh, I don't no, think so. I think it, so, all right. So Rama has clarified. Um, that it's all the underlying infrastructure, indexing, hosting, and all that type of stuff. So, so I mean, software. So it's a solution. Yeah, right? that, that makes a little bit more sense. I, I read that as being the software licensing fee to use that code base. No, no, because the code isn't open. They have a whole platform. Like it's it's the Ether Scan. So it's a. The it's a they it's deliver. A, it's they a deliver a bespoke version for Avalanche, right? Yeah, it's like, an explorer as a service, like yeah. It's Explorer as a service. Yeah. So did is, I tell is, you guys? Did I tell you guys about the the guy I met over here in Australia? And he was like telling me about the this exchange as a service. Do you guys know about that? No. Basically, you just pay them money and they spin up a fucking exchange for you, and you put your badge on it. Stands to reason that that exists. Yeah. 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 Checks out. I was, I was like, yeah, what now? Fuck. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. Sounds good. Yeah, but uh, anyway, they kind of kind of blew me out a little. We bit. need we need a DYDX bridge as a service. Why don't we do that? <laughs> yeah, stick right to our bells. Yeah, like bridge as a service, but you know, backhandedly bridges just... straight to one wallet. Yeah, you, you, you <laughs> right. can select anyone you want wallet. from the fucking from the from the <laughs> list of validators, but it from just the, goes well, to one validator. Okay, like, like just just being facetious. This is not financial advice. This is definitely not financial crime advice. But if you um, if you just like made a drop down on a UI, right, and it says, "Hey, you're going to bridge to this wallet," right, and the drop down allows them to select their wallets on the other end of the the counterparty bridge, right. And they click it and then they hit the button and then the wallet says, hey, you're about to do this transaction. What percentage of users do you think would actually look in that code, that payload, to verify that what they had selected in the UI was definitely the same as the payload? At least a handful. At least a handful. I reckon I like, I like the blind signing in, in MetaMask better because they don't tell you shit. That's right. <laughs> Yes. Like, okay. Turn on blind signing. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So, because I, I haven't used MetaMask in f- literally years, right? I don't hold anything on ETH anymore. I don't really do anything on ETH. Don't care. Whatever. I'm kind of an anti-boomer. I'm an anti-ETH boomer. Anyway, yep. 
You don't like money? I don't like, I don't like making money, which is why I don't <laughs> I get involved like in Ethereum. No, no, I, I made money in Ethereum, and then I was like, this technology is boring, and I want to go work on I, I don't <laughs> want to go. Who gives a fuck? Anyway, it's boring. I'm not interested. Made some money. Time to get the fuck out. So Ethereum, that was that. Do you really not see the the payload in MetaMask? Because I don't, I remember seeing like so there, so there, is, there is a setting on your ledger that says to enable blind signing, and what that is is that it just does not tell you all of the crap in the transaction. It's just a much shorter message, correct? Um, encoded, and you just you know it's two clicks instead of forty five, but. Um, yeah, a lot of things don't work. Like a lot of these dodgy ass platforms that people just fucking click their buttons on have got this thing called blind signing and you just don't see what the transaction is really. You see them in MetaMask, but you don't see the details, right? You can't, yeah. verif- you can't verify addresses within Ledger, and no, those like, things, well, especially for smart contracts. It's mostly, it's all smart contract type of things. It's not so much like just simple staking or. That's yeah. horrifying. Yeah. Okay. It's cool. funny that it's, it's just funny that it's the option like, Blind signing. All right, fuck it. Okay. That sounds perfectly safe. I'll do that. There'd be millions of people out there doing it. Yeah, it so like, I've so got a new couple. idea for a business strategy for Game of Nodes. Um, <laughs> I'll uh, tell you guys off the stream, though, because you're going to like it. Uh, do any of you know how to... You no, know, yeah, no. We're not going to do that. But Yeah, man, we get front run all the time with our fucking ideas, so don't get telling everybody. <laughs> what, like, <laughs> even our financial crime ideas get God, front yeah. run. Our, our, our TYDX bridge idea. Yeah, remember we're talking about that just like three months ago. Remember, <laughs> we were. We'll find the clip. Uh, yeah, the clip we can be like the Simpsons of financial crime. You know, like where you go back in time and you find the Simpsons already predicted something that actually then has come to pass in like the two thousands. We'll, we'll be like a game of notes. We'll just have thought of all the different iterations no of the billions of plot scenarios that didn't occur though hey well yeah i mean it's it's um what's the one with the plane um survivorship bias isn't it right yeah that's survivorship bias is that right. one yep speaking cool. of survivorship bias the uh <laughs> that was like cool anyway speaking <laughs> of survivorship bias um aptos preview net is starting to kick up again yeah we'll see a thousand transactions a second yep starting to pick up a little bit well, we have to run two uh, full rigs for this one, and the, the there's a lot say, of logging. What mm-hmm. would you say the average spend rate is per validator for this testnet, and how many validators are there, and how long does the testnet go? Testnet is two weeks of testing, plus probably we probably spent at least two weeks standing shit up, right? Plus, yeah. so probably call it I six think, weeks total. Of, yeah, I think I, I think I'll end up. Paying for two months of machines. Same. Yeah. Um, both a validator and a validator full node. Um, my guess average spend average spend is probably for both of those a grand a month each. I would say maybe a little bit less, nine hundred bucks a month each. Some of the cloud based vendors are probably spending five times that, maybe I four can, or five grand I a month give each. You a ballpark number each I, va- I mean each validator so times yeah. two so i i costed i costed a rough back of the packet estimate for aws and my back of the my <laughs> estimate for monthly spend per per validator rig for the specs required for this one which is very high spec would be about twenty thousand dollars so you would have to spend so for bear in mind that you could wait, bring is that for both up, or for one one so 
that that's that's automating everything so the 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 plus side of that is that you could literally stand it up the day before it was required required there's no running and you could spin it down at day 16 17 18 whatever right so the reality is it wouldn't be the full twenty thousand dollars but it would also be probably twelve thousand dollars times two um something like that probably about twenty four thousand dollars worth of spend i noticed that there are a number of validators running on aws i don't know what their level of automation is what the level of services they're paying are because you could also spin up ec2 instances which are also very expensive but like not to that extent expensive right so there's a variety yeah. of levels right um in that rabbit so, hole and then to answer your question on the number of vowels i think um in terms of the number of genesis vowels or the ones that are partner validations there are 40 of those so there's 80 total nodes so 40 times let's use an average of let's use an average of 2,500 to 4,000 each, right? Maybe when, when you average the cloud vendors out plus bare metal, two validators each, maybe say three grand oh, each. Just plus purely an infrastructure cost, nine labor costs. I think 4,000. So correct. Yeah. It's at least a quarter million. For the- I would think, I would think it's somewhere between 150 and $200,000. Yes. For, for a six week type of thing. Plus you also have um, community validators. Community validators, there's another 30 that I think are running just one node. If I'm understanding that correctly, and so figure, I think your your guess of two hundred thousand to two fifty is probably in the ballpark, all in, and that that's that's probably just infrastructure. If you add time in there, if you actually put in time, it would probably double. Yeah, be at least half. Well, probably more than double. Um, it, it, let's fucking go. <laughs> there's not. <laughs> there's not. There's not. <laughs> uh, there's not ton of uh time involved but i mean there's a lot of time set up and everything else but yeah there's there's probably there's probably there's probably it's probably close to four or five hundred thousand dollars so that's a lot what 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 is the um the spec like what is the required spec for that uh their goal is between 48 and 64 they call it cores but really what they mean is threads because in the in the version you're really talking a thread is a core um, but probably what you're thinking is 48 to 60, they, they're called 48 to 64 threads. Um, I would say, uh, 128 to 36 gigs or more. Plus then the VFN side is probably another 32, 32 core, 32 thread. And then, um, yeah, some, even the VFN had to be pretty beefy, right? To, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm using all 7950s. Um, yeah. And then our, it's like we have a, we have a 9730. A ninety three seventy four F and a ninety four seventy four F, which is a sixty four core box and a ninety six core box or ninety six thread box. Um, the new Epics, so those are they're freaking pricey, man. They're big boys. So yeah, they're like plus there's a, there's a lot of ninety two fifty fours out there, which Vulture runs, Latitude runs, which is five like twelve new, gig of RAM at the bottom of the of the new Epic structure, and then. And then you have a bunch of oh, try like 9700s or seven, no, 7300s. I forget what the, what the one previous to this is. And, uh, so there's, it's a part of a mix. So the, the Aleo or Aleo or however it's Aleo, Aleo, uh, the Aleo, is that it? Aleo? That's what I'm going with. Quasar. I don't know. It's something I think. Um, so the Aleo, uh, 
testnet is actually it, it's a pretty high spec testnet as well for the for the zk stuff so cool i think they were recommending 64 threads so are they i yeah. mean these new these new epics man they are fucking badass <laughs> they, they are so much fun to run like like they are just they're just i can just imagine you bringing up htop and it's just like fucking filling the screen with threads 96 across and then three quarters of a terabyte of ram and then like you know like it's just the amount of parallelization there is just insanity right and plus each individual each individual thread is like really fast i mean it's not like a 7950 fast but like they're really fast on the thread side too i was was gonna mention like the those high thread count cpus to date have been like actually pretty uh pretty slow threads so like what what type of um, yeah well Mm -hmm. you know all the threads are not taking in the turbo but a lot of them around like you know two two point two gigahertz where you know that doesn't necessarily work very well for some applications um correct no matter matter how many threads you got if you're if your parallelization is not fantastic in your application correct then it can be a huge bottleneck so like these new epics what what kind of my my 9374f is a um 32 core 64 thread that runs at 3.85 gigahertz that boosts to 4.5 that is impressive yeah that's that's nice (laughs) 